0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, true strength of schedule, an unfiltered look at the most nerve-wracking game for BYU football in 2014. Game number one takes the
1: Cougars way east to UConn. The voice of the Huskies joins us live for a preview of August 29th.
0: Plus Blaine Fowler on his lookout game, and Bill Belichick now coaching another former BYU Cougar. Let's go! This is BYU Sports
2: Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU Radio
1: and BYU TV. Now from Studio B, your hosts,
0: Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Let's go, Cougars. BYU Sports Nation on your radio, TV, and other media machines. Presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. It is Tuesday, July 22nd. My name is Spencer Linton. I'm teamed up with the nation's foremost expert on male pattern mustache balding, Jerem Jordan. Okay! <laughs> yeah, I got you, because that's all you can do. Okay. Yeah, If you want to make someone feel
1: dumb, just respond that way. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That, that's the way to do it.
0: Hey, wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. Listen to this. Imagine showing up for your softball City League team. Yeah. And on the opposing bench are the San Diego Chargers. San Diego Super Chargers. San
1: Diego Chargers.
0: We never really named that, nailed that last one. Listen, minute. listen to this. Phillip Rivers, their quarterback, put together a City League team to. Uh, I guess, induce some camaraderie over uh, the offseason to, to promote uh, teamsmanship. I don't know, whatever. They, they, wanted, they wanted to become better friends, I let's guess. Let's
1: get a 9-7 and seven record, so let's form a softball team. Let's go. Hey,
0: they want a playoff game. They want to go next level. So, so Philip Rivers. GNL, dude. Eric Weddle. Whom BYU fans know well. My favorite ute ever. Yep, Danny Woodhead, Nick Novak, their kicker, Mike Cyphers, their punter, Daryl Stuckey, their starting safety. All these guys playing on the softball team. Okay, Rivers wore a wig that made it look like he had a, like he had a mullet. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's just weird. Uh, this article showed up in the Wall Street Journal, and uh, apparently because that's what the Wall Street Journal covers. It was a, it was a great battle on the uh, softball diamond, but the Chargers lost to uh, the two time like a champs. mechanical engineering. Yeah. These guys had won two dudes, league titles awesome. in the past six years. It was 20-19 it was to 19 in that's, seven innings.
1: That's, yeah, that's great. Summer softball is the best, man. We were on an intramural softball team and won the championship, which was sweet.
0: We challenged the Chargers. The I have. Good. I've worn yep. it three times, actually. Have you worn it on the show? I have not worn it on the show, we're but I have show, worn man. it three times. I'm going to bring it on the show. I'm Eric Weddle, by the way, has a Brett Kiesel beard rocking. Like it is growing out of control.
1: I saw a guy yesterday, like a Washington Nationals fan, that has a crazy long beard, and he did like the W. Which, by the way, it's like the same W as Walgreens. Has anyone else noticed that? (laughs) That's good. That's that's kind of true. That's a good beard. Yeah, it is. Or as my dad says, Walgreens. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, it's from North Carolina. It's out of control. You check out Eric Weddle's beard. Walgert's out Louisville. Join our conversation 24-7 using the hashtag BYUSN, BYU Sports Nation simulcast, and beautiful radio vision on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. Rise and shout, my friends. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Football fear factor. True freshman quarterback, John Corn goes to work. Into coverage and picked off Alani Fua, and disbelief from the Houston faithful. Great call right there! BYU beats Houston. Thank you, Alani Fua. Last year's trap game that Jeremy said was seventeen plus. Oh yeah, went to BYU thanks to <laughs> Alani Fua. Houston will be tough again, but are they the scariest game? On the 2014 schedule.
1: That brings us to our Twitter question today. What is the scariest game on BYU's 2014 schedule and why? Tons of Twitter reaction to this question so far. First tweet, at Doug McClellan. Texas, I'm having a hard time finding other teams to fear. Houston, Boise State, Central Florida, Utah State might threaten, but BYU should win. Texas
0: is the easy answer. It's the one big game on the schedule. And, And what we're gathering is it's the consensus. Like, oh, it's Texas. Well, we're about to tell you why. It's not Texas. Yes, they're the traditional powerhouse. They have the jerseys, the swag. It's in Austin. It's they the haven't...
1: only game that will make any national noise. Yeah, for BYU.
0: Well, we think, unless something uh, it, as happens. As of now, yes. okay.
1: Once you play it out, and a team gets ranked or forthright, f-
0: looking at the schedule now, six
1: and zero. Like Houston, by the way, it was like five and zero when BYU played them, but they hadn't played anybody. So that's why I was like, they're the worst five and zero team in the country. And then they played a great game. Yeah, luckily like BYU played a better game.
0: Texas has an experienced quarterback in David Ash. They have maybe the best running back duo in college football with Jonathan Gray and Malcolm Brown. Okay, a lot of expectations wow. on those okay. two guys.
1: Yeah, who's a better duo? I don't. I'd have to look at it more. I don't, I don't know. No, I don't think I don't that think there is are. a better
0: duo. I don't think they are. BYU saw all of it last year. Is the point? Okay, they they saw it. They Texas dominated it last Texas year.
1: Texas doesn't return a bunch of uh, or they don't uh, add a bunch of newcomers that are going to change the game. It appears maybe they will, but.
0: New coach, new energy. You know, and I initially thought the revenge factor would be enormous for Texas. Like, oh, we want to get BYU back. We want to pay them back. That
1: day, yes, that'll happen. But But as they look at their schedule, that's not the case.
0: When we talk to Roger Wallace.
1: They're like the fifth or sixth team to them.
0: Roger Wallace is the color commentator for the Longhorn Radio Football Network. He, He joined us last week, and he referred to the BYU loss as more of a necessary evil to to initiate all of the change that took place in Austin with the new coach, Charlie Strong, coming in. In fact, the Longhorns need to be careful, according to Roger, not to overlook BYU.
2: Quite honestly, I think they're looking at UCLA as their top non-conference game. No, you know, no slight to BYU, oh, but it's sure. going to be a top-ten team.
0: So would that make BYU a trap game? It does, yes. Even after they beat them by 19 in Provo? Anyway. Okay, so th- this is this is why I'm not scared of Texas as opposed to some of the other teams. Okay, Because they know what to expect. They're supposed to lose. Okay,
1: sc- first off, scary game. I ain't scared no team on this schedule. There's no Florida State on there. There's no even at Wisconsin like last year. You know what I mean? There's no game that BYU can't go and win on this schedule. That's the nice thing about it. It's not as challenging... As last year, 7 P5s. This year, 3 P5s. Two of them were terrible in Virginia and Cal. So the 1 P5 is Texas. The, quote-unquote, scariest game, if we use that phrase, to me, is Central Florida. And I agree
0: 100%. Central
1: Florida. Now, you might be saying, what? They're not even the main team in Florida. Guess what? Central Florida finished 10th in the AP poll last year, winning the Fiesta Bowl over Baylor. Have you forgotten so quickly? But Blake Bortles was drafted third to the Jaguars. I'm aware. They only have 25 career pass attempts returning to this team. But Central Florida's athletes are tremendous. Blaine Fowler has echoed the same uh, sentiment, which brings us to the stat of the day. Play the music. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. You don't want none of this stat. Listen up. Okay, Central Florida returns nine starters on defense to a team that was essentially top 20 in defense. In in scoring defense, rushing defense, total defense, they were a top thirty team. But they're a top twenty defense with nine starters back.
0: At they're gonna Nathan, be a good defense. They're a top thir- They were the thirteenth best red zone defense. Red zone defense.
1: They're they're a good team. I'm telling you. The funny <laughs> thing is, in Orlando, no one talks about them. They don't care. They just don't care. They went twelve and one. I know they have to replace their quarterback, Blake Bortles, and top one of one of their running backs, Storm Johnson. They return uh, William Standback, who is a good running back as well. Those nine starters on defense. At, this is a good team. They're the American preseason pick. I'm telling you, they are a middle-of-the-pack SEC-type team. Yes, they are. They're like Georgia right now.
0: That's how good they are. At Nathan Mills is on to something here on Twitter. UCF game spooks me the most. I could stomach a Texas loss in Austin. Yes. But no one is talking about... Central Florida in Orlando. They were 12-1 and 1 in 2013. The one game they lost was by three points to South Carolina. Jerem, where did South third. Carolina finish? That's South- right. Yes. Number three in the country.
1: They returned their top three receivers. Their top uh, six, out of, uh, six out of seven tacklers. I mean, they're a good, they're a good team. And here, here's, the th- here's the real issue with Central Florida. It's on a Thursday night on the East Coast.
0: On a short week, BYU yes, will BYU play BYU plays Friday Utah State. Utah
1: State. Uh, then, Confer- the BYU I imagine will will practice Saturday. If they if they don't, they only have Monday and Tuesday to actually practice. Travel Wednesday, walk through, play Thursday.
0: This team returns fifteen tough, of twenty two starters. Nine of the eleven you mentioned on defense, six on offense. They outscored Baylor in the Fiesta Bowl. They outscored. Baylor, And
1: I guess, you know, had to hold them down to some degree. They're a good team. They're a really good team. BYU's 0-5 all-time in the state of Florida. I don't know that that has much bearing on this. This is the worst team BYU will have ever played in terms of name. BYU's been playing teams like Miami, Florida State and, and Miami state. and all that. Yeah. They okay. played Ohio State in the Citrus Bowl.
0: Let's let's match up BYU, or sorry, Central Florida and Texas Central a Central Florida
1: might be a better team right now. Take off Take the jerseys. fans. Are afraid of the jersey, right? It's Texas. Well, last year, BYU beat Texas, so you feel confident in your ability to replicate a similar situation. Same with, like, Boise State. Are BYU fans afraid of Boise State? No. 2012, BYU goes in there with Riley Nelson and a young Taysom Hill and uh, doesn't don't allow, give, up, they doesn't don't give allow up an offensive, an offensive touchdown, <laughs> And they lose, right? <laughs> yeah. You go for two, you went for it, you missed it. Last year, BYU blows out Boise State. BYU ain't scared of Boise State. Now, Houston is kind of the wild card here. Houston is the wild card because of the the way they played last year. I know it's a home game for BYU, but Houston returns like everybody, like the quarterback, the top he was three a rushers, freshman. top five
0: tacklers and receivers, like John Okorn, crazy amount of guys. Dante Greenberry is a stud receiver. That got chewed up BYU. Hey, the, here's here's the tricky part. It's coming off Texas, so if BYU wins that game in Austin. Riding high, you come home five days later on it's Thursday da- night it's dangerous. against a really motivated, good, young Houston team.
1: It is, the, it is the home opener, though. So I think BYU fans will be rocking. BYU's rocking. won BYU on has 9-11. won. I mean, that, that is a huge game.
0: The one thing you should note is that BYU has won 12 of their last 15 home openers.
1: Listen, that's a good stand. Listen to this about Houston as well. They return the top six rushers. Five of the top six receivers, the quarterback, and the top five tacklers.
0: John Sheldon of Ocorn is it's, a good quarterback.
1: Yes. It's basically the same team. They were eight and five last year, like BYU. But the games that they lost were close ones: one point to BYU, five points to Central Florida, ranked nineteenth; seven points to Louisville, ranked nineteenth, and s- and seven points to Cincinnati. And then they got blown out by Vanderbilt. Well, it's Central Florida, but maybe it's Houston.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll dive into this even more for for us. It's Central Florida. Phil Steele says it's Boise State. More on that later in the show. Uh, let's get to some of your tweets right now.
3: It's wintertime.
0: What is the scariest game on BYU's 2014 football schedule and why? At Leesy Liu, I still think it's Houston. They'll test our Kyle Van Noy less defense. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. Could be a trap game. Certainly is just where it lands central florida is a close second i miss jerem's mustache you're
1: the only one (laughs) yeah i don't know that kovanoi had a huge impact in the houston
0: game last year lani thua had a huge impact in that game what's the scariest game on the schedule you decide we are sub 40 on the countdown to connecticut we're joined by their play-by-play voice joe d'ambrosio next BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live from Studio B at BYU Broadcasting. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Download the Xbox
1: 360 BYU TV app today. You can watch all your favorite BYU sports and other shows
0: on that app. Uh, Download it today. It's free. What is the scariest game on BYU's 2014 football schedule and why? We're not scared Technically, nor is BYU of any buy a, team. Buy a dog if you're scared. You know what but I'm saying. But what is what's the game that you are that, that just racks your nerves? Your, yeah, you, makes you nervous. You know what we mean. Scared, you yeah. squeamish a little bit. Okay, use the hashtag BYUSN. I can tell you the game that BYU coaches are most concerned about right now: Connecticut.
1: Absolutely. Countdown to Connecticut.
3: Thirty-eight
0: days. 38 days before BYU and Connecticut square off at Rentschler Field in East Hartford. And I will be there. You'll
1: be there. In person. On Countdown to Kickoff. 6 Eastern that night.
0: 6 Eastern. A show that my colleague Jerem Jordan will produce. Hey. Let's hope. Looking, for, Let's hope looking forward out. to it. We're under six weeks. And with that, we bring in our first guest today, Joe D'Ambrosio, the voice of the Yukon Huskies, a guy that knows a thing or two about calling national championships on the basketball side, especially this last year. Uh, Joe, have you have you found enough time in your schedule post-celebration from basketball to uh, to get ready for 38 days from now in football?
3: Exactly. Spencer, Jerem, it's nice to be on with you guys. Yeah, the page is turned. Uh, it took about a month and a half afterwards, uh, <laughs> and there'll be a little more th- uh, in September when they hold a dinner uh, honoring both the men's and women's national championship teams. But uh, all the focus up here is on uh, is on uh, August twenty ninth and in the invasion of the Coops.
1: We every day on this show, Joe, we count down to Connecticut. That's no joke. You heard the thirty eight days little jingle there. I like it. We can't wait for the game at Connecticut. What do Connecticut? Fans think of BYU in the season opener at home.
3: Well, I think first off, Jim, they, they they understand that it's the best opener that they've played in the uh, now twelve years that they've been in FBS. Um, you know that UConn's coming off three rough seasons. BYU is a is a known quantity. People know the tradition uh, of of Brigham Young. So I think there's there's apprehension because of the quality of BYU, their suspense, because nobody, including uh, the guy you're talking to, has any clue what to expect from the UConn team. I think it's a mixture of a, of a, of a pretty good TV show.
0: Joe D'Ambrogio, the voice of the UConn Huskies, with us on BYU Sports Nation. We're breaking down UConn football right now, the season opener for the Cougars and Huskies on August 29th. There's a new coach at UConn, Bob Diaco, what differences have you noticed uh, in his short tenure there? Um,
3: well, I'm, to be bluntly honest, Spencer, um, I was busy during basketball. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, <laughs> you were. Practice with basketball. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of access as is. Um, the, the kids, the ones that, that I've heard from through my, my, my friends who are beat writers, are all into it. They have bought into what Coach Diaco and his staff uh, have brought with them. Uh, They've made changes in the mindset. They've made changes in the weight room, changes in nutrition. Um, You know, they've done some interior work uh, to their football complex, which is uh, relatively new. And uh, when the NFL scouts come in, they rave about. But that's all good. That's all well and done. But the thing that matters most is what happens when UConn gets on the field against BYU and, and subsequently the rest of the teams. On the 2014 schedule, I think they'll play with intensity. I think they'll play with heart. Um, I think they're tired, the older kids, of losing. But again, you know that's all that's all well and good. But it's a results-driven business.
1: Absolutely. And uh, Connecticut started 0 and 9, but won the last three. Won by 35 in the last game. Casey Cochran started those last three games at quarterback. And from a distance, you would assume that he's the guy, but it sounded like out of spring that there's still a quarterback battle uh, with Tim Boyle and Chandler Whitmer. Who's the guy?
2: Battle is one word, Jerem. Controversy
3: could be <laughs> another. Um, they, all three quarterbacks started four games last year. Whitmer started the first four, um, including the Buffalo game that was the last game of the Paul Pasqualone era. Then Boyle, who was a true, true freshman, and the Connecticut Gatorade Player of the Year uh, came in, and his problem was after South Florida, he played the three toughest teams on on UConn's schedule. He got thrown to the Wolves against Cincinnati, Central Florida, and Louisville. Um, Then Cochran took over, played well but lost against SMU, and then played well in the last three games, but to be honest, they were the three weakest teams on UConn's schedule. Um, I think... If it and again, this is just guesswork because nobody knows. I would say Cochran and Boyle are one and one A, and Whitmer is right behind. I don't know if Casey is as mobile as what it sounds like they want from their quarterback, and I think that could be the opening that puts Timmy Boyle in there as the number one. But again, I, I, I got to tell you guys, there was no depth chart released at the end of of the spring game, so your guess is as good as mine.
0: Hmm. Joe Di'Ambrogio, the voice of the UConn Huskies since 1992. He also works for WTIC News Talk 1080. You can follow him on Twitter at Joe D Sports. Okay, Joe, there's this transition period whenever you get a new coach uh, within a fan base, and the program is shifting gears where fans maybe tend to be a little bit more patient because of, of everything that has to happen there. How patient is the UConn fan base with Bob Diaco to turn this thing around? It's
3: the Northeast, guys. Nobody's ever patient about anything. <laughs> um, people have seen three years, you know, since the Fiesta Bowl, the totally unexpected trip to the Fiesta Bowl uh, under Coach Pascaloni, and then the last eight games last year under TJ Wiest. Um, Bob's gone out in public. He's done a great job selling the program. So I, I'm, I'm positive he has the fans on their side. But – Basketball is still the cottage industry here, and if UConn starts off one and three or one and four, and October fifteenth comes around, and both national champions teams championship teams are starting to practice, interested football is going to hit the skids pretty quick. I think they've got to get off to a good start um, for their own sake and for the sake of the program. Um, you know, it's just been it's it's been a, a, a thing where if if they you know last year they were zero and five. And basketball was started, and there wasn't anybody turning out at the rent for the games. So I think it's—I think the fans. I think there's a grace period for Diaco, which I think was the original question. But I would also say that people want to see results.
1: Joe, on campus, who's more popular, the women's basketball team or the football team?
3: <laughs> play by the the, the the play by play guy, actually. Oh, um, yes, bang yes. biscuit. Bang. Okay. All right, that's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I the, the, the students are pretty good guys. As much as they love the women's team and as great as they've been, I think they. I think the football players get get a pretty good shake of of things. Um, I I I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty even. Obviously, the women have had, uh, you know, uncharacteristic or not uncharacteristic, but you know, uh, historical success. And for football, you know, the other thing you have to remember too, fellas. Football plays 30 minutes away, 25 minutes away from campus. Yeah. That's not an ideal situation. So, you know, maybe at the end of the day, maybe fo- maybe women's hoops is a, is a little more popular, but if football has a good season, they'll be right up there, although it'll be hard to ever overtake the two basketball teams.
0: Is it realistic for UConn football to get to a bowl game this year or to hope to get to a bowl game this year?
3: Yeah, I mean, it is the AAC guys, and not to demean it, but it's not the ACC or it's not the, the type of schedule that, that your team plays. Um, you know, they, they start out with Brigham Young, that's a tough game. Then they play Stony Brook, who's a very good FCS team. Last year, UConn opened and got, and got wiped by Towson, which went to the FCS championship game. Bring then on Boise the
0: State,
3: <laughs> Yeah, then Boise State comes in, and they're always good, um, although you would think playing a 9 or 10 a.m. game isn't going to work in their favor. And then the, the conference schedule begins. Uh, South Florida and Temple, they have a chance to get off to a to a decent start. Um, the problem is they play Cincinnati and UCF, who are probably the two best teams in the league at home. So those are going to be t- – you know, you want to win all your home games, it's going to be hard to win those games.
1: Give us an idea of what uh, some of these other American teams are like uh, to BYU, because BYU is playing – uh, looks like four uh, games against the American. Houston, Central Florida, UConn, and then uh, a bowl game, assuming BYU gets six wins. So let's start with Houston. BYU played them, but how good... No, we and... have
2: it, in, in, in
3: an ironic twist of scheduling stupidity um, after not playing Houston last year, guys. UConn's not playing them again this year. That's what? interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, now that I'm looking uh, at the U... schedule, yeah, they're not on there. UCF is terrific. Uh, now, they lost Bortles and they lost their running back. Uh, but George O'Leary is a very good coach. Uh, he's, he has that program uh, right where he wants to be, if, if not even a little bit better. Um, I think UCF's the favorite to win the conference again this year. But Houston, you know, the two teams UConn doesn't play this year is Houston and Tulsa, and not playing Houston kind of confounds everybody since they didn't play him last year.
0: Interesting. Okay, no Houston. So BYU has Houston on back-to-back years, and in the conference, Houston plays in Connecticut. Connecticut does not, right. That makes perfect sense. Uh, Joe D'Ambrosio, the play-by-play voice of the UConn Huskies, with us here on BYU Sports Nation. Big loss for UConn is Lyle McCombs, uh, returning rusher, a stud. What will his absence uh, create for UConn in terms of filling that void?
3: Actually, to be honest with you guys, I don't think it's as big a loss as it appears on paper, because he did not run the ball that well last year. Um, he's had problems off the field. Uh, I, the fact that he was dismissed didn't come as a total surprise. They have a couple of uh, – they have a redshirt freshman and Josh Mariner, who I think is going to be as good a back as McCombs was. Max DiLorenzo, who's a, a returning running back, is kind of a, a grinded-out power guy. And they have the state player of the year in this kid, Arkeel Newsome. I don't know how much time he'll see as a running back as a freshman, but he could be a real threat on kick returns. The big question, fellas, is the offensive line, which struggled last year and had four players graduate. Um, they say they did better things in the spring. Um, their coach, Mike Foley, is a, is a terrific a line coach who got moved back there last year after being with the tight ends for a couple years. Um, the offensive line has to gel for, for anything to work because I think at the end of the day they want to try to run the football.
1: And Let's finish with this uh, related to the passing game. Is, Jer- is Jeremy Davis uh, an NFL draft pick, you think, next year?
3: Yes. He's, he's, he and Byron Jones, the cornerback, are clearly the top two players on the team. The, and the great thing you like about Davis is he's the best player on the team and he might be the hardest worker on the team. Hmm. That's a great example for his teammates. He'll have a highlight reel catch or two every game. Uh, he's terrific uh, with yards after the catch. He really, really works hard. Um, you know, and in a team that has had problems throwing the football, for him to put up the numbers he put up last year was pretty impressive. If they can keep the quarterback upright, I think he'll have an even better year this year. I, I think
1: he is legit. Always good to return a thousand yard receiver. The most popular
0: yeah. man on campus in Connecticut, Joe D'Ambrosio. joking.
1: The most popular 61-year-old man on campus. Okay. Shabazz hey, Napier I... has nothing on you. Don't... Well, that's because he's not
3: there anymore. That's because he's, that's he's in Miami, Miami, and I wonder where the heck LeBron went.
0: Yeah. So. You don't need to dilute it, Joe. You you can be the yeah. most popular guy on campus. You know what? Yeah.
3: Somebody somebody hears that, and I'll catch garbage for it. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for the insight, and uh, we'll see you on August 29th. I look forward to it. Stop by our booth and say hi. You got it. Joe D'Ambrosio, the voice of the Yukon Huskies. You uh, can actually stop by the booth and I say will. hi. I yeah.
1: will. I will stop by and say hi to but him. But make sure you're doing your countdown to kickoff duties, though.
0: I will. As a not, producer, I would like you to do that. I will place those at the top of my priority <laughs> list. Jeremy get there Jordan. plenty
1: early. Don't, don't be like Houston climbing fences to get in. <laughs> You'll have to tell that story.
0: <laughs> Tom
1: Holmo, you is looking at Holmo, you. Man.
0: What is the one game that has Blaine Fowler shaking in his boots? Find out next. This is BYU Sports Nation. It's not Utah. They're
1: not even on the schedule.
0: This is Bronco Mendenhall, and you are in BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan brought to you by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. We are broadcasting in beautiful radio vision on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. We were just joined by Joe D'Ambrosio. And he, in an the indirect most popular
1: way, man on, on, on UConn's, UConn's campus, campus,
0: self-proclaimed, uh, <laughs> <a> 61-year-old <laughs> man anyway, he he agreed with us, Jerem, the scariest game on BYU's schedule happens in early October. Listen to this.
3: UCF is terrific. Uh, now, they lost Bortles, and they lost their running back. Uh, but George O'Leary is a very good coach. Uh, he's, he has that program uh, right where he wants to be if if not even a little bit better, um, I think UCF's the favorite to win the conference again this year.
0: He has the program right where he wants it to be, if not a little better. Speaking of Central Florida, that is the UConn play-by-play voice, Joe D'Ambrosio, who just joined us on BYU Sports Nation. Jeremy and I have already established the Golden Knights as the quote-unquote, scariest game on BYU's schedule because of what they return and where the game will take place. Joining us now to offer his opinion, Blaine Fowler, BYU TV football analyst and national championship quarterback. Blaine, we think it's Central Florida, so does the UConn play-by-play guy Joe D'Ambrosio. Are the Golden Knights the scariest game on BYU's schedule?
2: Well, they are a matchup problem for BYU. I think that this is a team that if you watched them at all last year, has SEC type team speed?
1: Yeah, I said they're that middle of the road kind of SEC type team.
2: Yeah, they're, they're they're really scary that way. And and the teams that have caused BYU's problems in the past are teams that just were, were BYU struggles to uh, to to maintain defensively, not give up big plays, um, you know, with, with all kinds of weapons on offense, and then teams that can close real quickly defensively. And and make plays. So so this is a team with tremendous you know team speed and you know I know that they lose Bortles, their great quarterback. If he was back, I think that they would be a preseason top fifteen team. Yeah. And so so the only reason they're not is because he's gone and he went out and went to the NFL. Well, you you guys have been talking about they got enough coming back from a team that was a legit top fifteen team last year, no question about it. In terms of talent, I'm talking top fifteen talent, and and I think they have top ten speed and. There's a lot of those guys coming back, and so it presents a great challenge. And it's a great football environment down there. It's one of the newest stadiums in the country. It's beautiful. It's like an NFL-type environment. BYU's got to travel all the way across the country. So when I look at that schedule, that's the game that jumps out at me that I go, okay, this is a game that everybody thinks, and when I say everybody, all of the BYU fans just think, well, that's a win. They're going to go back. UCF. They can beat UCF. That's a scary one. That's a really scary one back there.
1: It's one thing to match up straight up with a team on a neutral field. It's another to play a road game on a Thursday on the East Coast. What factor will that play in the game, Blaine?
2: It, it plays a big factor. And when, when you're, you're playing a team that really tests you from all angles offensively, um, you know, they'll go attack the edges in the run game. They've got a, lot, a good screen game where they get the ball out, and they get it to speedy wide receivers. They do a lot offensively, and so a team that does multiple things offensively and tests you, you'd like to have a full week to prepare. And not only do they not have a full week to prepare, a, a travel week makes it an even shorter week. And then BYU who won't practice on Sundays, which is good. We, you know, we don't want to practice on Sundays, uh, but that's their policy. It, it makes for a short preparation week when you combine a, a cross-country travel with a short week, and that, that adds to the challenge of playing against a team that also, not only do they come with a lot of talent, they come in with a lot of confidence. They're they're in that Boise State mode now, where they yeah. think they're good. They just show up and they think they're
1: good. The last two years, yeah.
2: They they expect they expect to win, and teams that expect to win, they play with confidence out on the field. They don't hesitate. They close to the ball faster. They attack, and that's the mindset they play with now. And so, yeah, that's a scary game. That's a really scary game. I, I would love to be. I know that's not one that we're planning on traveling to with BYU TV, but we'll have a great pre- and post-game show from the studio in Provo. But that's one that I I wish we could travel to, because I'd like to get my eyes on that team up close to personal from right down on the field, because... When we watched them on TV last year, it just seems like a team with just tremendous speed.
0: BYU TV analyst Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation. Is Spencer, it, you'll be there. I will be in Orlando, so well, yeah, Blaine, I, you'll get yours. You'll be in us.
2: Okay, as, as long as Spencer's there, I feel good about okay. it. Okay, <laughs> he can. He, I can. I can say Spencer is that guy as fast as he looks, and he can go. Yeah, yeah,
1: yep. He is. But he is faster. I, in person. I think that's how the conversation will go. I, I don't even really see the need to go anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: No. <laughs> You know, here, uh-huh.
2: there, there's another team. I mean, I think UCF, Texas. We're not calling them a scary team because we just know Texas. That's is the good. thing. We you know what, what to 19. expect.
0: We know what to expect from Texas, so I don't think they're scary. Yeah, and, and here's the thing about Texas. This is, I mean, remember we rushed for over 500 yards on
2: them last year. They are <laughs> not going to be happy. They're not going to be happy, and they fired the D coordinator. They got they got a new staff. I believe that this staff. I, I look at Utah. So when Utah. Um, Back when Ron McBride was there, and, and I think Ron doesn't get enough credit for how good Utah's been, because he's the one that changed them from a bad team to a competitive team, and he changed the talent level there. Matt Brown has been an unbelievable recruiter. When we were getting ready to do that Texas game last year, you know, they didn't have – when I was doing my homework on their 2 deep, they didn't have a single player in their 2 deep on offense and defense that weren't in the top five in the country coming out of wow, high school
1: in terms amazing. of the ratings. And so, it didn't So 22 matter.
2: players. Yes, yeah, but, but BYU beat them because they played better. Well, that's what's scary. Now, because we know that they, they have more talent if you're just going to take the sum of the talent. And, and now I, it reminds me of Utah when Ron McBride was there, stocked up the talent, and then Urban Meyer came in with all the discipline and good game planning, and was a better game coach, and, and they were really good that next couple years. I think that's what we're going to see happen at Texas. They're stocked with talent, and I think that this staff is going to come in and instill more discipline, more team unity. All those things that were lacking in terms of chemistry and execution – and this Texas team, we're going to find that Texas team over the next couple of years right back in the top ten where they belong based on their talent. So that's a scary game, but that's a given scary game. UCF is a scary game because nobody, in terms of the fan base, is thinking it's a tough game, and I think it's really scary. Yeah. And then the other, the other one, I don't know, you, you tell me what you guys think. I think Houston is a little bit yes. scary.
0: Yes, yes. Because where it falls in the schedule and they return a ton well, of young talent.
1: Basically everybody, listen to this, Blaine, the top six rushers, the top two quarterbacks, and five of the top six receivers and the top five tacklers. It's going to be the same team that challenged BYU immensely. Now, what's in BYU's favor is that it's at home. I think that gives BYU a few right. more points.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I think that BYU is going to win this game, but it is not going to be easy. I'll give you three names. John Children of O'Corn. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> Deontay Greenberg and Daniel Spencer. So so John so, John's of got, O'Corn. so
1: got, he, John's
2: got – So he's got – a great, he's a very talented kid. As a freshman, he was unbelievable. So now he comes back with a year under his belt, and he's got great targets to throw to. Deontay Greenberg and Daniel Spence. So those, those are NFL wide receivers. So, so you got you got a very, very good quarterback that came out of the state of Florida, was one of the best players in Florida out of high school, throwing to two really good receivers behind an offensive line that's a little, you know, it's pretty seasoned. And so they create problems. And this could be a high scoring game, and, and turnovers can make a big difference. Now, I think BYU with a veteran quarterback is not going to turn the ball over, and I think that they're going to, you know, they're going to execute at home. And so I think BYU gets this one. But but as I look down that list, you know, Texas is the game that I think is the most likely loss. UCF is the game that scares me the most. But right there next for me is Houston. That's the next one for me.
1: Yeah, and isn't it interesting that we're not even talking about Boise State or say Utah State that last year BYU went up there and won by 17, but. Uh, Chucky Keaton got hurt. He's back today Named Mountain West Conference preseason offensive player of the year. We know what he can do. But BYU fans are not intimidated by Boise State. I think this is interesting. Eight wins last year, new head coach. I think BYU fans think they're going to go up to the blue turf and win that, that even that's, though that's really tough. That's, a,
0: that's the one thing that is scary, yeah. is playing on the Smurf turf.
2: And, and you know, here's what's interesting. You know, we talked about this. I can't remember if it was last week or the time we talked before that. But... Um, People are underestimating how good this schedule is because we just talked about three really scary teams to us: in Texas, UCF, and, and Houston. And now we're talking as afterthoughts about Utah State and Boise State, who are very good football teams and very good programs,
1: eight-win teams. Left. And,
2: and and so you go back to when BYU was playing in the Mountain West. Um, this schedule is better than the schedules they had when they were in the Mountain West Conference. And people act like, "Oh, geez, BYU's got a breather this year. This is nothing." you go back and play at UConn across the country and then and then Texas and then UCF and, and and it's not just about the teams they're playing it's about the way the schedule lays out with travel and short weeks and all of that this is a challenging schedule guys but having said that with a veteran quarterback with the talent that they have coming back in every position i still think the expectation is that this team should win 10 or more games this year even with this tough schedule
0: there's something to so. be said yeah there's something to be said about the, you mentioned the East Coast travel. The two-time zone, uh, I guess, situation for BYU has not been friendly in the past. Uh, look at, at the season opener at Mississippi. They win by one. Last year's season opener at Virginia, a team that they should have blown out of the water. Yeah, there was the weird weather thing, but they lose that game. So I think some people are concerned about Connecticut because it's an opener on the stop, East Coast. Stop
2: it. You know what? Here's, here's what I my, my feeling on that is it's before school starts. And, and so they've got all kinds of prep time. Uh, they don't have to worry about the guys being distracted with the school getting going. And, and so they can go out as early as they need to go out. And BYU's know, just, they've been good in openers. They, You know, we've got to take last year. And, and I really believe that was just such a weird scenario. I mean, yeah. we were there at that. And it was just so weird with... With the rain, I mean, I've never seen rain like that, and I grew up back there. It, it <laughs> rained so hard, and, and not only with the thunderstorms that disrupted the flow of everything, and you know, you got a new quarterback playing, you got a lot of guys at new positions, and now you got this disruption of going into the locker room, coming back out, playing a few more minutes, going back into the locker room. But what people forget was that second half was played in an absolute deluge. I went down on the field after the game and walked across the field, and the water was coming up over my shoes up to my ankles oh,
1: on that field. Wow.
2: And and so so people discount that the second half was tough because they didn't take them off the field. But to me, that was just as bad. So BYU could never get in the flow. So you've got to factor that game out. That was just so weird. I don't think it's representative of how BYU plays in season openers. I believe they'll be ready to go against UConn. UConn has talent. UConn's as talented as as the good teams in the old Mountain West Conference. But I think BYU gets that one, and then... Then we'll, we'll launch them from there because there's a plenty of tough stuff coming down the road after that. But I'm, I'm confident they're going to go back and get that game.
0: Jerem says BYU by 17-plus. 17, 17 by plus yeah, Just like I yeah, said in Houston last year.
2: I'm not worried about him in that one. I'm not at all. <laughs> no. I'm worried about Texas. I'll be honest with you. I'm worried about Texas.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: For so. sure. Are the coaches most worried about UConn right now? Is that the coach's answer?
1: Yeah, the coach. Well, that's what they'll tell you.
0: Great A baloney, <laughs> man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the coaches will say,
2: oh, we got to take a- which is true, because you can't, you can't even start to prepare for Texas until you're completely pre- prepared for UConn. So as a coach, it is easy to say that, because your preparation every day is just for your next game. Well, we just got to focus, we just got to focus. But I guarantee you, coach, player, doesn't matter who it is, when they're not in prep mode, when they're not at the field, or at the, at, you know, in the, and they're just looking at the schedule or they're reading the newspaper, you know they look down and go, wow, at Texas, 100,000 plus you know, ooh, man, that UCF game's going to be tough. There are games that they look forward to. And so for a coach to say, I never think about anything, but, well, in their actual preparation, they don't. And that's their job. They don't. But to say that they don't think about the big games on the schedule and circle a couple in their mind, every one of them do, including Bronco.
0: 38 days away from the season opener. Blaine, cannot wait. Uh, I believe 46 days away from your trip uh, to Austin, Texas. So look forward to that. Oh,
2: baby, I am that... That is, and I've done a couple of games there in, in in my career. It is one of my favorite stadiums in the country. It's such an unbelievable environment, and it's and they've got talent, and it's going to be a great game. I mean, I like our I'm not saying Texas. It's not a winnable game. I'm saying that's the toughest game on the schedule just from a pure talent perspective. And I think this coaching staff is going to instill some new life into that program. But I, I but I'm not saying you can't go down there and just punk them. And just and just get it down there. Hey, if, get
1: if, Jay, if Jake Heaps led BYU to a one point loss there, I think Taysom can go down and win. I do. <laughs> yeah. And that's the end of that. Hey,
2: Blaine. Great be, to have you with us. They'll, they'll be better than they were that year. Texas will. But, <laughs> but Taysom Hill is gonna. How about how about a last drive down the field like against Houston in front of a hundred thousand plus on national TV. I'm, that's going to be such a fun post-game show. That's all I have to say. If he it's can, a fun
1: show. if he's hitting golf carts in Mississippi, he can do it at Texas, right?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. No <laughs> question. <laughs> all right, Blaine, we'll talk to you soon, all man. All right, guys. We'll see you. Always entertaining. The one and only Blaine Fowler. I love Blaine, man. Because <laughs> of <guy's> the man. <laughs> he calls it how it is, right? He, he is he is
1: uh, one of the greatest backup quarterback commentators of all time in, at any level, he, any sport. He
0: is the best. Imagine one showing up best. to your rec softball game to find your opponents, our NFL All-Pros. Big deal, no deal. It's next. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, sponsored in part by National Processing, credit card processing for your business needs. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. Follow our show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation.
1: We just talked to uh, Blaine Fowler and Joe D'Ambrosio, uh, voice of the UConn Huskies football and basketball teams. Uh, if you missed those, we'll put those out on YouTube a little bit after the show. YouTube.com slash Sports, Or, of course, as you mentioned, follow the show on Twitter. We tweet those uh, links out at BYU
0: Sports Nation. What's the scariest game on BYU's 2014 football schedule Savannah State. why? Jeremy and I both believe very strongly that in it's Central Cal- Florida. Oh. Stop it. Central Florida, we went through all of the reasons. We'll start with this one. They returned 9 of 11 starters on defense. It was a top 20 defense from a top 10 team that won the Fiesta Bowl. Okay? Do we need to say more? We need to say more. And th- that game is in Orlando. They're bueno, man. On a Thursday it's gonna night. It's going to be a tough
1: game. On a th- that's the thing that gets me the most. Thursday night, you did not practice on Sunday Two travel, you know, a travel day on Wednesday.
0: Texas Ah. is the obvious answer, but I feel like BYU knows what to expect with Texas. Yeah. They've seen most of it. BYU,
1: listen, BYU won by 19 last year. And then 2011, it was a one point game. Like, BYU played, in the. I I know Texas is better than that team.
0: One thing you got to be careful of, with all that Big 12 conversation out there, go down there and compete. And it's 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 sort of a
1: de facto, uh, should BYU be in the Big 12 game? Like, whether you like it or not, it's sort of what it is.
0: Yeah, it it really is kind of a, a de facto audition for the Big Twelve. For the Big Twelve, sort of national processing sponsorship of big deal, no deal is a big deal. Credit card processing for your business needs. I'm so proud
1: of you. Thank big you. Big deal, no deal.
0: deal. I did. I did. The pronunciation that. has come I so did far. Execute that. I would very love a well.
1: montage of like what it sounded like a while back.
0: Shut your mouth. <laughs> Number one. Big deal, no deal. Ethan Manumaliuna signs with the Pats. I'm going to say big deal because Bill Belichick almost cracked a tiny smile. Uh, We're really excited for Ethan to join the Patriots. We feel that he could be
1: a a big key to our success this season.
0: (laughs) What's so sad is that's not far off what he does in his press conferences. I'm I'm happy for Ethan. In in all seriousness, this is a big deal because the Patriots are a great program to get involved. Even if he doesn't make the team, to to be known by that franchise and and for them to want him at all is a good thing.
1: I'll go no deal. Uh, I'm really happy for Ethan as well. I hope he makes the team. If he makes the 53, then it becomes a big deal for him. For me. But I'm excited. Squad? I'm what if excited. he makes the
0: practice squad?
1: Good job. I He's <laughs> practice squad material for sure. But I think he's capable of making the 53. Then it will become a big deal to me.
0: Number two, big deal, no deal. An NFL team playing rec league softball. Listen, this is a big deal, and I say this with a little bit of bias because I covered the San Diego Chargers San for three D- years, it. and they're and they're really good guys. But if I showed up to play my rec softball league game and Philip Rivers and Eric Weddle. And Daryl Stuckey, three All Pros, are swinging the bats and fielding softballs. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be a, like a little starstruck if if I'm just some you know random guy in a softball league. Uh, wow. Okay, Philip Rivers is playing softball against me. Yeah, that's a big deal. No deal. Oh, stop. They it. lost the game. No. What do you mean? Who? They lost the game. We're not talking about who won and lost. We're talking about the fact that they are even playing rec league softball. I guess it'd be a big deal because I'd be like, Eric Weddle, I'm coming straight for you, man. I'm coming straight <laughs> for you, Ute. Back to Harleen
1: Part 2. Coming to right still now. still open.
0: Uh, yeah. Big Eric, deal this. Eric, Bam! Yeah, Eric's a good dude. They couldn't field. Dude. <laughs> Number three. <laughs> big deal, no deal. A BYU Sports
1: Nation lunch field trip to Bam Bam. Yeah, yeah. Early rise and shout. Let's go. Yeah. Let's
0: if there, go. If there is one place uh, that BYU football players uh, talk about when it comes to like whole mall restaurant, oh, it's, yeah. it's Bam Bam's Barbecue.
1: It's I think it's unofficially home of, home of the Cougars there. I may be messing with some sponsorship that I'm underwriting that I'm not supposed to. But. Look, I
0: donated plasma yesterday. I need some protein. They said eat a lot of protein. So that's, that's a good way to do that, right?
1: Yeah, I think. Uh, big deal. Never been there. Very excited. Everyone talks about it.
0: Okay. Bam-bams! <laughs> What's the scariest game on BYU's 2014 football schedule? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Keep your responses coming. Another BYU Cougar in the NFL. Bill, Bel- Bill Belichick says it's really, really good. It's too loud, man. More of your tweets coming up next on BYU Sports Nation. We're in Radio Vision. This
1: is BYU Sports
0: Nation. We're now in. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out. You know, time and his brother. It's time to
1: whip it. It's time for the
0: Cougar <laughs> It's time whip to whip it. Football.
1: The New England Patriots signed Ethan Manu Malayuna Monday. Manu Malayuna was released by the Giants on June 19th. Bill Belichick is really excited
0: about the prospect. Of- Stop it. Football. Phil Steele released a list of teams that could go 11 1 or 12 0 in his nine sets of power rankings. BYU came up once for an 11 1 season. The one loss in that season comes at Boise State. Come on, Steely. Steele listed 22 teams overall that could go undefeated or lose once. Football.
1: Lindy's is releasing its top 40 countdown, not music, college football teams. BYU is Jimmer, number
0: 32. We're ranked 32. Future guests include 1984 great and the guy who caught the game-winning touchdown in the national championship game against Michigan in the Hollywood Kelly Smith. Kelly
1: Smith. And Tony Levine, Houston head coach on Friday. Great guy. Very nice. I'm
0: going to ask Tony Levine about uh, what he he thinks about your 17-plus prediction against Houston last year.
1: Bring it on. I'll be gone.
0: (laughs) Of course you will. (laughs) Conveniently. He's going to be here Friday. Oh, I got to go. Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. And it goes to the San Diego Chargers quarterback, Phillip Rivers, for organizing a rec softball team to play in the well, summer.
1: What puts it over the edge is that he wore a wig, like a mullet wig. <laughs> you've you've got to see a, this. That's amazing. Like
0: Wall Street Journal.
1: By the way. We have an intramural flag football game tonight. You have to play or you can't play in the playoffs. You better be there.
0: I will be there. I'm all in. Nine I'm there. High Let's five. Go, man. We're going to tweet the link to uh, that Phillip River San Diego to Chargers our, story right now at BYU Sports Nation. And to our Nation.
1: highlights of the game tonight.
0: From the softball from, game?
1: No, from the intramural flag the, football I game. I mean from yeah, okay. You from don't the even flag know football
0: game. Stop it. You don't it. even
1: know what game like
0: sport we're, we're gonna play tonight? We're talking on, about bro. all sorts of stuff. What's the
1: scariest game on the schedule? Tonight's game, in intramural flag <laughs> football. You don't even know what sport we're playing. Oh
0: my goodness. Let's read some of your Twitter responses.
2: You got tweets.
0: I need to focus. At Laser Sheep. Scariest game Laser Sheep <laughs> is Utah State. I feel like the Aggies could show up in a big way in Pro Bowl, yeah. but Houston is the trap game once again. Let there's me tell some you validity why not. to Utah State because No, stop. Chucky Keaton is a Heisman Trophy That's candidate. It. That's okay. It. They're a good football They game.
1: returned the fewest amount of players in FBS. They're tied for the fewest with eight. Then there's that too. Listen, Utah State's played a good game with BYU Minus last year, the years before. So I, that, that's a big game for BYU. It's not. It's like the sixth biggest game on the schedule, but it's a big game.
0: At Nate Walton, UCF might be the scariest game this year for BYU. Texas could be the better team, but we often play poorly in Florida, and UCF is yeah. solid. That that's is a tough great game. point.
1: Absolutely. Thanks oh for our 5 all-time in Florida. Joe D'Ambrosio and Blaine Fowler. Follow at BYU Sports Nation for goodness.
0: Blaine's getting ready for the barbecue One-handed. in Texas. Jerem's getting ready for the barbecue at Bam Bam. Nice. One hand to grip. The show on demand on BYUSportsNation.com for Jerem. I'm Spencer. Shout out to Dennis Finfrock. BYU Sports Nation back at it in radio Vision tomorrow.